Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Weekly. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Weekly, the weekly radio show brought to you exclusively on Max Sports Channels and Baseball Talk Radio. And we're here for you to win your league. That's why the show was designed in the first place. And by way of introduction, I am Phil Nasons, and I'm also the fantasy baseball writer at athleticsnation.com. And I write a daily pitching streamer column over at Fantasy Team Advice as well as a weekly waiver wire and sleeper column at Fantasy Team Advice. My guest is on the line. His name is Eric Johnson, as you know already. He's from VivaAlbertos.com. Eric, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? Phil, I'm doing good. My fantasy teams are doing okay, and my Cardinals are scuffling along, but still over 500. So everything's all right in my world right now. Yeah, my world is weird because the Mets... Took four or five from the Phillies. Should have took five or five. Then, of course, they go to Chicago and they lose the first two. And I don't even know what's happening now. And I don't even care to look, to be honest with you. Because <laughs> they just make me miserable. And I don't like to be miserable in the man cave, you know. This is where I come for my release to get away from the world. And my fantasy teams are doing pretty good, too. I'm pretty happy. And the five leagues that I'm in, I am in the top four now and all five. So I'm pretty happy. Woohoo! Injuries, though. You know what? I had to deal with so many of them, and everyone's finally starting to come back. But I wanted to start out with uh, some of these mashers. Uh, Nelson Cruz. Now, people mocked me for <laughs> saying that he would be a lot better than people thought and that it was a mistake to wait too long, and they should have given him a bigger contract early because he's going to kill it. And when he signed with Baltimore, I said, draft him as soon as you can, just like you would if he were still with Texas without the Peds thing hanging over his head. And I got mocked, Eric. And it looks like thus far, I was right. He's mashing. Yeah, he's been really good. I got a friend who's a Reds fan, and of course – they don't have anybody to play left field that's worth a crap. And I told him, I'm like, you guys missed the boat, man. You should have signed Cruz for that contract. They could have signed it for one year, 10, or probably even two years, 20. Uh, and I told, I said, he is going to mash because when he gets going, there's nothing you can do. You, there's nothing you could throw him that he can't hit. And that's really been the thing this season. It, and he's slugging almost 700. I mean, 21 homers. Uh, he continues on that pace. He's going to have 32 or 33 at the break. We haven't seen that in about 15 years. So um, pretty special what he's doing there. And, you know, we're on a fantasy show, so defense doesn't matter. Um, his defense is just awful. I mean, it's it's disgustingly bad. But um, we don't care on fantasy teams because we don't measure defense. So uh, if you got him for two or three bucks – in your auction league, I mean, you know, good on you. Uh, I missed out on him on a couple of my leagues. I haven't been one, and he's just been mashing for me all year. Um, I also have Jose Abreu in that league, so I am leading that league in home runs by a wide, wide, wide margin. <laughs> no one is even close right yeah. now to where I am. 
I have Abreu and Cruz on the same team as well. And, you know, I had just written an article, too. It's really strange about how I would be very careful in an auction with Abreu because you just never know. And he's very high risk, but ultimately he's high reward. And the one league I play in, it was a snake draft because guys, you know, some of them couldn't make it or whatever. So they just auto drafted. And mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> because we all live in different parts of the globe. And <laughs> so anyhow, I got this kid in the eighth round. And like I said, I think I said this a couple weeks ago, I had forgotten to uh, take a first baseman <laughs> for some reason. And uh, I just drafted him. I said, why not? And I'm very happy that I did. And I got Cruz <laughs> in that same draft. The last pick, I picked up Cruz. I said, yeah. yeah, okay. And now these two guys are mashing. What is this the ceiling for Abreu, though? Because I kind of wonder about him. Because you know what? You never really know about these guys. And he's come out and just beat the crap out of the baseball. He comes off the DL. First swing of the bat, I think, went choom. What do you think his ceiling's going to be? Well, he strikes out a lot, um, striking out almost a little over 26% of the time, which is considerable. But his ISO is 353. I mean, isolated power that high. You know, the only guy higher in the, in baseball right now is, of course, Cruz, who's just four ticks higher than he is. Um, I think this – He, I mean, he is going to be a Paul Canerco. I mean, that's who you're looking at for Jose Abreu. He's going to hit, you know, in that 260 to 280 range. He's going to hit 30 to 40 home runs every single year. I mean, and he's going to strike out quite a bit. But he's going to be a fairly valuable guy in fantasy because he's going to bat, you know, in a lineup, in the middle of the lineup. He's going to hit a lot of homers. And he's probably going to score quite a few runs and drive in quite a few as well. So, you know. If you can deal with kind of a suboptimal average, you know, but I mean, even for a slugger, 260, 270 is not terrible. No, it sure isn't. I'll tell you what, though. If you're doing a pitching streamer and you're desperate and you've got someone going against the White Sox and you need strikeouts and you can catch him and Adam Dunn on a bad night together, <laughs> you're, you're yeah. looking at eight strikeouts right there. <laughs> But Adam well, Dunn is playing left field, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I just oh, have to man. chuckle at Robin Ventura. Ventura don't have Ventura doesn't have much choice because they just don't have a whole lot else uh, on that team that that can play offensively, and there's really nobody in the high minors for them either um, that can come up and kind of give them a shot in the arm. The guys they have are up there. Um, the, you know, the injury to uh, a right fielder really hurt. Uh, and allowed him to have to kind of pull Dunn out of the DH role and stick him out there in left field occasionally. So, but you know, if they can get Chris Sale back, I think they're going to be just fine. Um, and, and talking about Masters, though, here's I'll give, I'm going to give you a couple guys that you probably don't know about. Uh, one is Corey Dickerson for uh, the Rockies. Um, he's been kind of ridiculous. Uh, he's only got 103 plate appearances, but he's hit seven home runs. He's uh, hitting 348 and slugging 663 on the year. Um, he's owned in less than 40% of leagues right now, pretty much on ESPN or Yahoo. I double-checked both of them. So if you're looking for an outfielder, he's the guy. The issue is, is can he get enough playing time because they're just loaded in the outfield there. Although I did see that Carlos Gonzalez might be out for a bit. So he's, he's probably going to now. 
Yep, he's going to mop up. Dickerson is going to mop up that playing time. So if you're looking for an outfielder right now, um, that's a guy I would go get. And then uh, Devin Messeraco is another one. He's His ownership's been creeping up. I think he probably jumped over 50% this week, Phil. I didn't look for him on the Yahoo side, but uh, he just got back off the disabled list here, I don't know, a week or so back, and he's slugging 667. Uh, with thir- or He's got nine home runs. And he's hitting 333. So there's another guy, and he's a catcher. So, I mean, everyone needs catchers. So if he's still out there on your waiver wire, I would go snag him right now. Yeah, he's uh, 98% owned in ESPN. Whew. I have him yeah, on that same high. team with Abreu and uh, Nelson Cruz. Yeah, the, the Astros, I, I drafted too, I well. That's one of the things I did. Yeah, the Astros called up John Singleton this week, too. Um, you if go. you're that's looking for a first baseman, yeah, that's a guy to go get, uh, especially playing in that popsicle stand of the park they play in. Um, he's going to hit quite a few home runs down there. Uh, he could, he might hit 30 this year in the last four months. Um, I think he had 15 the first two months in AAA, and their AAA stadium is considerably bigger um, than the MLB park they play in. So with all the pitching injuries in that AL West, I would look for him to kind of mop up here, you know, the last four months of the year. That's a good pickup, too, if you can get him. And I think he can. You know who's also been a, a really nice surprise for me is D. Gordon. D. Gordon's <laughs> having a nice season. Again, you know, these people just mocked me, wrote nasty emails. I try to help these people out a little bit. Because what they don't understand is that I have a radio show where I interview these guys who cover the teams and bring these guys on and talk baseball. And Eric Stephen from True Blue LA, he was in sp- at spring training, and he said, D. Gordon, if you get a chance to grab him, grab him. And I try to recommend to the people, grab him. Eh, they mocked me. Guess what? Keep mocking, and I'll keep <laughs> raking. Please join my league. <laughs> what do you like about D. Gordon? Well, I, yeah, I would have been one of those guys that was giving you a bunch of crap. I could tell you that right now because uh, I had him a couple years ago in a keeper and uh, dumped him. I mean, I didn't even trade him. I just dumped him. I didn't think he was ever going to hit enough, uh, similar to a Billy Hamilton. I don't think he's ever going to hit enough to actually be worth any kind of value for you in fantasy. Uh, but, I mean, I was wrong. He's hitting two seventy nine, which is serviceable. But the 35 steals, of course, you know, and 35 steals, 31 runs. So, you know, he's making it uh, and he's giving you really good value. And you probably picked him up in the 15th or 16th round of a snake draft for a couple bucks in, a, in an auction. Um, I had a guy in my my uh, my uh, auto new fan graphs league. I was giving him all kinds of grief over Twitter about picking up D Gordon because he didn't have a second baseman. Well, it doesn't look so. I don't look so smart now. <laughs> and, of course, all that is public. All that is public and searchable. If you just find me on Twitter, you'll see all of the all of the grief I was giving a friend of mine just for having him on his team. So these laughing. guys, you know, the, the speedy guys can kind of come out of nowhere. Um, the Rajai Davises of the world, the Ben Revere's of the world, the Brian Dozier's of the world. Um, it, you know, all of a sudden they're picking up pretty good fantasy value for you just on the bases alone. Oh, exactly. That's why I picked up D Gordon in the first place because he, uh, he gets on base 
and he steals lots of bases, and usually stolen bases wind up also being runs. And those are two categories that a lot of people overlook. And those are two categories that I've lost leagues in, and I decided that I don't want to do that anymore, so I kind of look for these guys. <laughs> you know, right. I got Raji Davis on another league on the waiver wire the first week of the season. I don't remember who got injured because I had so many of them that it's just become a blur. And uh, it is what it is. You know, that's the thing. That's why I like to work the waiver wire, and that's why I always suggest that they do. Now, we have a question a listener wanted to know, Eric. Should he trade Albert Pujols for Melky Cabrera? Melky Cabrera hit a big bomb today against the Tigers. Melky's been raking. Melky's probably not juicing. And uh, all is well with Melky. Albert Pujols is probably is ready to go raise his grandkids, I think. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> And I'm talking to a Cardinals guy here who probably isn't very happy with Mr. Pujols either. But uh, would you make that trade, Pujols, for Cabrera? Well, it's always so hard without knowing who else is on their roster. I mean, in a fantasy setup, um, it's usually harder to find first basemen than outfielders, which I know sounds weird. Um, but especially lately, uh, just first base has not been the the uh, um, stayed in stellar position that it, it was that was really deep. Um, back kind of when I was, you know, playing fantasy sports 10, 15 years ago, it's been an okay position this year. I mean, if you're an AL only, um, you know, you have some guys to choose from there. Um, one thing I would say is that if you have another good corner infielder that can play, that qualifies a first and you need an outfielder, I think that's a, probably a pretty good trade. Um, I don't know that Melky gives you a ton of value. Um, in a fantasy perspective, he gives you a lot more value just from a, as a, from a baseball perspective. Um, but if you're worried about his performance thus far, uh, just keep in mind, this was a guy that had cancer last year. They found a tumor wrapped around his spinal cord, which was preventing him from basically doing anything baseball related, swinging a bat, whatever else. Well, they removed it. And ever since then, he's just taken off. So <clears throat> the issue really is, do you need an outfielder? Because if you don't, there's really no reason to make that trade. Pujols is going to provide you more value than Cabrera. Uh, the only other reason to make that would be you need a higher batting average. Uh, Melky's going to provide that for you. Um, you know, he's he hit 279 last year when he was terrible. He's probably going to hit better than Pujols the rest of the year. But Albert's going to hit more home runs. Um, I would say Pujols is probably going to hit you know, 30 homers. He's probably going to drive in a hundred runs. And remember Josh Hamilton just got back. So now he's going to have a better hitter, either hitting in front of him or behind him, you know, and if trout is okay and it looks like he is, uh, that team's going to score a lot of runs. So you may be giving up a little bit of value there, but if you really do need an outfielder, that's not a bad trade to make. No, it's not a bad trade at all. The other thing you could probably do and think about considering anyway is looking at other teams, other rosters, and seeing who needs an outfielder. And perhaps you can raid their their roster, trade pool halls for Cabrera, and then flip Cabrera for something that you need. That's something that I probably would do. Pool halls is going to hit, though, if he stays healthy. That's the you know that's the concern for me, Eric, with pool halls. Is, is he going to remain healthy? You know, that plantar fasciitis is no joke, and it doesn't really go away. No. And I'm curious to see how long he'll hold up. 
Cabrera seems healthy. He looks happier than he has in years. And I think he's going to be all right. I, I, but I would do that trade only if I were looking to flip somebody, mainly Cabrera. But that's the only reason I would do that trade. Cause yeah, the one, thing, the one thing going back to the first segment that we talked about, if, if John Singleton's available in your league, you could do a lot worse than just picking him up and then flipping Albert Pujols for Cabrera or even shopping Pujols around a little bit. Because um, I think Singleton's probably going to hit as many home runs or more than Albert is the whole rest of the year. And I, it, look, people, the three the three thirty hitting Albert Pujols is gone. That guy ain't coming back. He's gone. You look at his performance against pitchers, and especially in the strike zone, pitches in the strike zone from it's like 2006 to 2010 with the Cardinals, and then the 2012 and 13 with the Angels. He's not the same hitter. And it's not just the plantar fasciitis either. I mean, he just can't hit the ball all over the strike zone like he used to. So he's entering that phase of his career where he's going to be a 260 hitter, 320, 330 on base, and he's going to hit 25 to 30 homers if he gets 500 to 600 plate appearances. But, I mean, don't hold on to Albert thinking that he's some. you're going to get the month of April like he got this year. I mean, that would have been a good sell high point for you because he's just not that guy anymore. Now that's a good point, too. Uh, April was an aberration. It's not the rule. And like I said before, you know, he's probably my age. And he probably, because uh, honestly, there's no way he's 33 years old. But that's that's for another debate. Anyway, yeah, good luck with that out there, by the way. And I would also, like Eric said, go check your waiver wire first. That's what I usually do before I trade anyone for anyone, you know, because you can probably pick somebody up and then, like Eric said, trade pool halls for somebody even better than Melky Cabrera. Now, this was a comment that was left at Athletics Nation on Saturday, and I didn't answer it because I figured it was so good we could just do it on the show. Um, basically, the, thing, the comment was, how do you guys weigh the value between a pitcher who goes every five days versus batters? Are they the same? Or is the batter weighted different, or or is the batter weighed heavier due to playing every day? And injury risk for players or pitchers is much higher. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Do you do you put a do you put a higher value on hitters or pitchers, or what do you do with that? Well, it depends. It really depends highly on your format. Um, in a five by five roto. Uh, the value of a pitcher and a hitter is not a whole lot different because categories are essentially, you know, the same across the board. Um, and a, and a good starting pitcher is going to give you four of the five categories in, in the pitching in a five by five roto league. Okay. He's going to give you wins. All right. Strikeouts, ERA and whip. Whereas the, the very, very best, only the very, very best hitters are going to be four category guys, okay, in, in your, um, on your offensive side of the ball. So in that particular situation, you know, if it's five by five, if you set your lineups weekly, um, then it's a little bit closer. I would still value position players. Um, and, and I'm talking strictly about snake drafts there too. I'll talk about auction drafts in a second, but in a daily transaction, like head-to-head league, pitchers have a lot less value. Because in a daily transaction league, one, you can you can shop the wire. Two, 
if you have a deep bench, you can keep five, six, seven, eight starters. And you could just literally try to pick up the non-rate stat categories, the, the strikeouts, the wins. Um, you might have innings in there too, depending on your league. You can pick up those counting stat categories by just pitching twice as many pitchers as the other guy that you're playing in like a head-to-head league. So in that particular situation, pitchers have less value because it doesn't matter how, you know, if you have one or two good ones, if you're going to run eight or nine out there every week. Um, the injury risk thing, that's, that's kind of an interesting point. Um, when your position players get hurt, they get hurt for a week, two weeks, um, sometimes six to eight weeks if it's really bad. When a pitcher gets hurt, pitcher gets hurt for a year. I mean, he's done for a year. You know, like you can, and the worst thing is, is like you have like this Cliff Lee injury where you don't even know if he's going to be back. He, he's not going to have Tommy John, you know, so you know only he's definitively out, but you also don't know when he's going to be back. It might be, you know, half the season before you get him back. It's just you can't count on him the whole rest of the year. Once a pitcher gets hurt, you just can't count on him. Ask any Johnny Cueto owner last year. Once a guy gets hurt, there's just no counting on him anymore. Um, in auction formats, and I've been doing this for years, Phil, I spend about 80% of my stack on position players. And then I pay two, three bucks for my two, three bucks a person for my entire pitching staff. And I end up a lot of times with a bunch of dollar starters. My whole rotation will cost eight to 10 bucks and it'll outperform two thirds of the rotations out there that spent $35, $40 on Clayton Kershaw and Justin Verlander. Now, that's not every place. Um, keeper leagues, that's much harder to do because you probably got guys picking up the top pitching prospects the year before towards the end of the year. But if you're in a yearly auction format, you could absolutely go, you could spend 200, to $230 on position players and 40, 50 bucks on pitchers. Yep. I, I'll tell you what I do. Um, the same thing you do. I spend most of my money on hitters. I, I try to get the pitchers as cheap as I can. I don't like to uh, chase pitchers who are injury risks. And there are other guys out there, but I did take a chance on Johnny Cueto, and that paid off. But, yeah, you're right. When a pitcher gets hurt, he's on there forever. Matt Latos is a perfect example of that this year. You know, I've got Matt Latos on my DL since I drafted him, and, and I'm not so sure if he's even going to pitch again this year. So I, I have to make the decision there. And Chris Sale. Chris Sale came back and pitched really well after his injury. But for the most part, they are out for a year. And that's a tough one. I value hitters over pitchers, even in a 5 by 5 league. And I'll tell you why. Because while most people don't ignore, or a lot of them don't even understand the scoring categories for pitchers, there's two categories that just about everyone ignores, and that's run scored and stolen bases. So I try to uh, do my strategy around that. Because I want to win those two categories for sure. And usually if guys are stealing bases and they're scoring runs, they're probably getting on base, which means they're probably hitting. And then I try to get some big mashers in behind them. But I value hitters mostly, yeah, sure. But that was a really good uh, comment. We could have talked about that for days, I think. Yeah. For days. Well, and the one thing, the, the, other, the other little tidbit I'd add is that, you know, there's value for pitcher that goes every five days. There's literally – don't chase saves. It's the one thing I tell everybody, um, not to not that you need to punt that category, but you know one or two, one good closer, and then kind of one crappy closer is enough. That's all you need. 
you know, I have never seen a team that piled up four good closers in the draft. They, those, those teams are always near the bottom of the barrel and they end up trading half their closers away to try to get offensive players to help them out because they wasted four picks in rounds five through 10 on closers to try to just, well, I'm going to win the saves. Well, good for you, but they don't provide you any other value. All they provide you is saves. They're not going to rack up enough strikeouts to be as good as a, is even a halfway, you know, decent strikeout pitcher who's in the rotation. So, you know, and relievers are fungible too. That's the other thing. Like if you chase saves, you're really going to be in for it um, towards the end of the year when your guy blows two saves and then gets replaced. Unless you can snag his replacement, you know, you're totally out of luck. So that's the other thing as far as fantasy advice that I would give is that that's one of those categories that a lot of guys will focus a whole lot of attention on and it really doesn't do them any good in the long run. Jason Collette says, never pay for saves. And he's right. And I did that last year because the year before I lost a really good money league because I didn't have enough saves. So I decided I was going to like go the, to the other extreme. And that was kind of stupid, too. I wound up doing the same thing, trading my closers for hitters. That's a bad idea. You know, that's, that's our strategy portion for the day. And that was a perfect uh, topic to bring up is how do you draft how do you choose? And even you can do this throughout the year with your roster too. But the biggest thing is whatever you do, make sure you draft well. <laughs> That's the key to fantasy baseball. Now we got a couple closers on the hot seat here. Zach Britton in Baltimore. He's on the hot seat. Cody Allen in Cleveland. He's on the hot seat. And then uh, Sean Doolittle's probably moved up. Grilly's moved up. And let me see who else. Oh, Chad Qualls from Houston is in trouble as well. Do you have one or two closers that you might want to give the folks before we let them go? Um, Jason Mott, because Trevor Rosenthal just continues, continues to continues to struggle. Now I've got some good information that they have no desire to remove Rosenthal from that role. But I just don't think he can continue to scuffle like that if Jason Mott is pitching well. Um, he may pick up a few saves here or there. They may try to give Rosenthal a few more days off uh, as well. Um, another guy, Ernesto Frieri, it looks like he's kind of back in the closer spot for the Angels, um, as scary as that is. that <laughs> uh, he looks like he's kind of back in there. Uh, I second your Doolittle. I think he's going to be their closer for the rest of the year. Um, the other guy, uh, Ronald Belisario, uh, we talked about him two weeks ago, Phil. If you haven't picked him up, you need to do so. Um, he is going to be the, the Chicago closer. Don't let anyone tell you that Matt Lindstrom is going to come up and take that job. He's not. Belisario is going to be their guy for the rest of the year. Perfect stuff. Great stuff today, Eric. Lots of fun as always. We'll see you next week, man. Sounds good, Phil. We'll see you then. All right. That was Eric Johnson. You can find him over at VivaAlbertos.com. And his Twitter is what is it again? I can't. I don't usually tweet you, so yeah. E M Johnson seventeen. E M Johnson seventeen. Go ahead and hit him up and ask all your questions, and I'm sure he'll be very happy to answer them. Anyhow, until next week, go out there and win your league. And thanks for listening. Do you know your fantasy sports? Would you like to make money at it? DraftStreet.com. And the Phil Mason Show 
would like to help you get started making money playing fantasy sports today. And we'll even give you the chance to get started making money today for free on me. That's right. All you have to do is head on over to philnasons.com or visit the show notes for this show. Click the Draft Street image at the top of the page and start making money playing fantasy sports at draftstreet.com today. If you like baseball, you should be checking out baseballpodcasts.net. It's one of the best places you can go on the internet to listen to independent baseball talk shows. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week on our radio player that can be heard around the world. So won't you tune in and give us a listen at baseballpodcast.net. You can also listen to the great Phil Nason show here. See you there at baseballpodcast.net. Been dreaming of that Greek vacation? Well, if you have, then you might want to check out the folks at the Oridi Grand Hotel, located in beautiful Corfu, Greece. Come experience world-class cuisine, as well as the hospitality that Greece is legendary for at the Oridi Grand Hotel. You can find them at aridihotel.com or email them at reservations at aridihotel.com. Hi, this is Phil Nasons from This Week in Tennis and The Phil Nasons Show. Max Sports Channels offers the best in sports talk radio as well as great music 24 hours a day. It's my daily destination, and I hope it's yours. The sports talk begins each and every day at 3 p.m. and ends around 9 p.m. Special programming on the weekends. And in between all that, the hottest music on the internet. That's Max Sports Channels. Make it your daily destination.